So last time, there was a big, dumb fight. Preceding that, there was some plan-making as to how to handle this big, dumb fight. A conclusion was quickly come to that Grant needed a working set of armor. Pointlessly. Yeah. Because he didn't take a single hit the entire fight. But hey, better safe than dead. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Grant's got a little bit of a problem now because, like, tomorrow he's going to get a package that says, hey, put your armor in here so it can be teleported back to HQ for repairs. Yeah, but what is tomorrow when you're a time traveler? <clears throat> tomorrow is still tomorrow. 24 hours from the current moment. Anyways, the, um, the fight went well. Ish. Basically, only Roxanne took any r real damage, and that was after slamming herself psychically up against Notcher's barrier. But despite that, and despite the huge amount of angels you were all jumped with in order to keep you from getting this done, Roxanne was able to get into Notcher's space and identify which other self is connected to Adel, destroy that, and then burn out that other self in every other angel that exists. So Notcher has been disarmed, and so has the army of first generation angels. And then there was like two minutes of Mostly the boys, because Roxanne was unconscious for a big chunk of it. Wondering, hey, are we good? All of the angels just kind of vanished out of here. Uh, and nothing's happening. And then you woke Roxanne up. And, uh... Notcher said, Alright. Let's talk. So as, uh, as this conversation starts up, I do want to just sort of refresh everyone's knowledge of the exact scenario, which the, the most important detail of is you're all standing in a pool of liquid metal. Oh, right. Like, like yeah. A Terminator. Yeah. Um, are we good? No more fighting. I would like that. We are good. Fighting. Ah, wonderful. We, we no longer have to fight you. I'm really glad to hear that. Ooh, okay. I slurp my the, all that metal back to my shield. I don't know. Does does does, does it keep the mithril in it, or does it just like a bunch of flakes of mithril just pop out of it? The latter, as you reform the shield and call it back into your hammer space, the shield is just kind of littered with tiny slivers of mithril all over the ground. Is that mithril? Yeah, I uh, I used mine to bolster the defenses we were do using. Uh, okay. Okay. Um. Slapping my face. 
Okay. Um, let's talk. Right. Yes. Let us talk. To confirm, I would like to summarize our understanding of the situation. You are our three. You are our Roxanne Harrison, our Edwin Steiner, our Grant Harrison. Yes. Yes, and and also no. We are a version of them. We went through the same things, and we went through the plan, and when it didn't fully succeed, we've come back to, as we said, nudge it in the right direction. You have come from the end of the world line we were creating. Yes, correct. Adel was successfully slain, but the worm was not successfully neutralized. The world was torn apart. And by some mechanism, you have come back in order to fix that. Your plan involves enacting some sort of change in Mesa, pointing their prophecies at a world line which has no humans in it. Yep, correct on all counts, yes. Yes. And you have almost completed that, but not quite. We need um, 15 minutes. Yes. Uh, just 15 minutes around Mesa? I don't even think they need to be awake for it. If we have not previously mentioned it, before we return to this time, we spent six months in Adel's time. Yes, you had mentioned spending time in the pre-court era, getting to know Mesa and Adel personally. And a great deal, many of them, uh, many others, but um, yes, just making sure that was understood. If you want to know how it went, I'm pretty sure I'm friends with Adel now. Well... You were friends with Adel then. It's been some time. Well, what their current disposition towards us remains to be seen. Regardless though, uh, we spent six months the necessary amount of time to start the transfer and now we need 15 minutes to complete it. What is all of this in service of, exactly? Well, to say that there were no winners last time would not be an understatement. Adel didn't get what they wanted, we didn't get what we wanted, though the human race isn't extinct. It is severely bottlenecked, but we've come back from bottlenecks before. The courts are in disarray, and the earth is destroyed, so exactly nobody won. And what we're doing is trying to ensure that this time, everyone wins. Not everyone would get exactly what they want, but everyone will be happier, at least is the goal. Yeah, we believe that by curing Mesa of their visions, 
we've rem- we will have removed the problems of Adol just bringing them back to life. We don't believe and- that this will immediately. What is the word? Solve all grievances. Grievances, yes. This will not fix Adel's grievances immediately with humanity. There is quite a grudge there from uh, an extended period of suffering, but we think it is a good first start. First step. That's the word. So your intent is to... Offer an olive branch, so to speak. Give Adel a reason not to fight and to disarm the worm himself. Correct. Correct. Yes. We know we can destroy Adel if needed, but we'd like to avoid that if we can. We see. Well, we must confess we are in all favor of this plan. Yes, we thought you would be. Regardless of how exactly you may feel about them, Adel is precious to us. And Mesa, even more so. And the death of one required the death of the other, and so we were set to lose both. And if we can instead lose none, now that we can, we will support you however we are able. Well, that was our hope, but it is uh, reassuring and just all around great to hear. I'm going to be honest, I was really worried that you were going to uh, still not be on, uh, on board with this. We will confess that we will be keeping our original plans active as backup until we are certain that they are no longer necessary, but we are going to devote every bit of energy and resource that you ask of us to making this happen. This is an answer that we have only ever seen approximately a third of all world lines that we have seen something like this does occur but we have never known the mechanism by which it does but now that we have access to that answer to this ending it is more than we had ever hoped for yes, I'm sure you're curious. Um, to be 100% specific, um, this uh, answer, as you put it, was brought about by, well, me, or at least a version of me, 200 years from now, who, in the effort to fix all of this mess, sent back, um, well, uh, my daughter in the future to go about enacting this plan over every possible timeline. They're about a third of the way done. Mm-hmm. There's quite a lot of timelines to get through. Yes, the Tree of All World Lines is inexplicably fast. That 
is an undertaking that we cannot fathom. And we hope that your daughter is successful and that we may one day meet and offer our thanks. I'm not sure if they can come here or if you can go there, Vice. It's, it's a complicated thing, but we will certainly pass on your thanks in any case. Very good. Ah. So, shall we begin or do you require time to rest? I can't imagine that this is going to take much. Well, I... Physically. It's going to be a mental thing, mentally exhausting, I think. But the first step is convincing Mesa. So this is going to be a really uncomfortable conversation. Well, like I said, I I feel like if it's possible, we should. finish the everything to do with uh, we should we should finish the I don't know spell ritual process. whatever process thank you yeah we should finish the process first and then talk to Mesa because well, I don't think we're going to get very, I, a very good talk this was a given yeah I don't think we're going to get very far if they have to constantly deal with debilitating visions about horrible atrocities. To that end, our instructions were just spend 15 minutes, or what was there? Was there anything more specific? Because I can't yeah, forget. it's so the spell that Greta is working. Basically, on your part, your only participation is just be close enough to Mesa to have that work. The range is a couple dozen meters, which the orb that they are sleeping in is high enough off the ground that you would have to hover in the air for the 15 minutes if you didn't want to go into the orb itself. But you can just go into the orb, pop a squat and wait for the timer to run out. Yes, do that. The rest of us can play poker. I spy with my little eye something white. Poker's gonna be difficult for Notcher. They'll have to use one angel as a proxy. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you all going to go up? I mean, we don't all go to the room. I don't see why we wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, might as well. All right. So. Natra will create their little holographic projection in front of you all. Uh, the sort of half-transparent, floating look-alike that they made, you know, only a couple of times before they were broken out by Roxanne. They will regard the three of you. They keep their hood up. They're still shorter than the three of you by like a head. And they nod more to themselves than to any of you. And Grant and Steiner, you can feel like something kind of picks you up. 
Like there's no physical grasping and squeezing, but something, some kind of power has wrapped around you. Roxanne, you don't feel that for a minute. And then, oh, your wings have been removed. My what? You had a set of wings for especially this purpose. Yeah, you had the angel wings. I mean, I, I, I can. That's how you teleported, isn't it? I mean, I can still teleport, though. Interesting. Modification, then. Yeah, the, um, aftermath of Adol's death was a little <sighs> traumatic for everybody, physically and mentally. I guess I had to be pieced together a little bit. We see. Once all this is over, if you would like, we may be able to restore it. But that will be a conversation for later. Yeah, something to figure out later. And then, Roxanne, you feel power, a grasp wrap around you. And all four of you kind of slide out of the building and then just translate straight up. Takes uh, takes like eh, two, three minutes to reach the orb. You're all moving at a pretty good clip, but it is still a pretty long ways up. Then you break through the clouds and you can see the preserving orb out in front of you. Notra's projection waves a hand and the little aperture portal twists open and the three of you slide inside and then the power holding you aloft dissipates and you all just deposit on the floor. Oh, it's not the timer. So what do you guys get up to for the next 15 minutes? Like, I know we joked about poker and I spy, but actually. Uh, I like to imagine that uh, Grant and um, Roxanne use this opportunity for the next 15 minutes to just try and one up each other with really embarrassing stories about the other one to Steiner. That sounds like a fun thing to do, so yes. <laughs> All right. At, so, at some point, Grant uh, tells the story of the first time he brought Amalia to visit, and uh, it was shortly before Roxanne like moved out, and um, and, Rox and Roxanne called Amalia cute before getting really embarrassed and walking away. And Grant was like, "What was that? What was that? Huh? What'd you just say?" Grant, remember when you decided to learn magic because you were too embarrassed to tell mom you quit your job? It's not that I was embarrassed, I was scared. There's a very big difference. How could that prevent your mother from learning that you quit your job? Uh, I told her that I put my two weeks in when I had actually gotten fired. <sighs> okay, but where does learning magic factor into that? You could have just lied. 
If I can do uh, it live, why, 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 how does magic factor into this? Uh, because while I was wandering around town for six hours waiting for when my shift was supposed to end, I ran into a man walking through a wall and, th- and I ah. basically bugged him into teaching me magic. Hmm. It can be annoyingly persistent. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. You know, it's weird how, like, the guy you caught walking through a wall while taking out the garbage or whatever is somehow the guy who taught you, Mr. I don't use magic for frivolous things. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know. I'm going to have to bug him about that one day. Half of the uses of magic that I've seen you do are explicitly frivolous things. Listen, I may have slipped up in the last year. I used to not use it for frivolous things. And isn't teleporting yourself to the other side of the country to avoid consequences the most frivolous use of magic you could possibly do? No, because that leaves no paper trail for me for people to track me with. That's not a refutement of my it's and not frivolous if I'm afraid, if I'm scared for my life, okay? Now, I mean, I hate to be the one to defend Grant on this, but I do. I'm pretty sure he thought he was going to get murdered. But yes, that was it. Fair enough. Uh, from what I understand of the other SoCal groups that aren't, uh, from the other Raven groups that aren't uh, in California, that's uh, an entire possibility, sure. Turns out uh, Henry's cooler than I thought. I'm not saying that he's a nice person, but he's cooler than I thought. That or you're more useful alive than dead. No, no, it's a, it's the second thing. No, it's the thing I said. He's act. He's legit. Like, did you hear that? Steiner called you useful. Whoa! Hey. So a paperweight is useful. He called you as useful as a paperweight. Ah, oh, Steiner, you <laughs> like me. You really like me. I don't dislike you. <laughs> so, everybody, roll me sharp. Dokum, dokum. I don't need to roll for things. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these fucking okay. boneheads. So the Harrisons are too busy trying to one-up each other to actually notice the change in the room. But Steiner, as the passive party to this incredibly stupid contest, you notice when all of a sudden, with like a zero frame difference, there is suddenly a vase in the room. A vase? Your a pretty blue glass vase filled with water with a single daffodil in it. A vase. It's a vase. Okay, I was going to ask if it was a vase or a vase. Um, so I don't remember anything on the instructions mentioning um, a vase. Just suddenly appearing. Does anyone notice? Eh, but, oh shit! A what? 
that. Are you sure that wasn't already there? Fairly certain, yes. That was not there, no. Oh, oh that's weird. Natra's been here the whole time, by the way. Oh, Natra's been here and the granted, whole time. Okay. It, it's, it's still just their projection. They are still physically encased in the crystal down at ground level, but they've kept their projection up in here the whole time. I imagine they were enjoying the banter at least a little bit on some, you know, on some level. So, yes, I don't recall that being in the instructions. What do you suppose it means? That's a good question. Hold on. I think I... Can I say that I charged my phone, by the way, at some point? Uh, yeah. While you were showering, you absolutely could have plugged your phone in. I'm going to look up what a flower means in a flower. Uh, daffodil means in flower language. Symbols of rebirth and hope. Hmm. Fitting. It's like a magic daffodil, just a regular daffodil. Uh, incidentally, um, I believe it's been 15 minutes. So uh, probably exact on. Uh, I it's a good sign as any. Okay. Um, well, since we need to talk, um, should we wake them up? Hey, real quick question. Real quick answer. Does Mesa have a bracelet? Yes. Fantastic. Aww. So, you ask if it's time to wake Mesa up and Notcher answers you. We can. It should be safe to at this point, if you are ready. I mean, that's it. That's how I'll ever be. We should. It would probably help to give them some time to um, decompress, to exist in a state where they're not constantly plagued by horrible visions. Or they might want to immediately make a beeline for Adel, which would be an issue. Well, not that big of an issue, really, since that's the eventual plan anyway, but a little decompression time would be good. Yeah. Mesa does not have the ability to make such a journey under their own power. Well, I'm sure. Um, yes, we should wake them up then and have a chat. You know, I was just thinking, do we want to just, like, wait in the other room and let Notcher handle this? I feel like it would be less jarring rather than having, like, everyone standing around like this. A fair point. Best not to shock the system too much. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, uh, Notcher? We are supporting you here. It is entirely up to you what you think is best. A little bit of breathing room uh, after they wake up would probably be good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Also, don't pretend like you don't have some sort of involvement in all of this. Whatever 
emotions we may personally have about this moment are secondary to getting this right. And if you believe that you waiting in another room until Mesa is ready for you is part of getting this right, then we will support you. That's not to be an entirely different room, but I think just some space is uh, well advised. Yeah. Yeah. Because if that bracelet is anything to go by, they likely remember us. Or at least Roxanne and myself, I'm not super sure about what. No, they did seem to remember Mr. Harrison. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't? Okay. No, they didn't. Nope. Scratch that from the record. It's, it's the only reason why I'm not showing up in the mask, because I actually do plan on when we go to visit Adol to like show up in the mask initially. Yeah. Mesa couldn't remember Grant when they were alive, but when they were dead, when you met them the very first time, they did know Grant, but only by the prophecies they had seen of all the shitty things he'd done in his life. Mm. Remember that Twix you stole from the 7-Eleven? You motherfucker. Actually, I can't fall through that. Twix are very good. I'd steal one, too. <laughs> so where exactly are you guys going? I'm not going to leave the room. I'm just going to hang back a little bit. I mean, I figured there was like, I don't know, this was a bedroom and there was a living room. Yeah, this is like a complete house. Like it isn't hyper furnished and it isn't lived in, but this is a house. And so there you are in a bedroom and there is a living room. There's a second bedroom. There's a kitchen area. I think for my part, at least, I'm just going to wait in the like living area. I think Steiner's probably cool, what with being a robot, a robo-soul. So, you know, whatever, whatever he wants to do. Steiner can completely stop moving and be completely invisible to everybody and just be a huge pervert to this moment of emotional nah. vulnerability between two oh. people. I'm gonna, like, lean in the hallway like a cool kid. <laughs> Grant? I mean, make food. <laughs> sure, why not? I'll make food. The only thing I, I think canonically, the only thing Grant really knows how to make well are, are scrambled eggs and mashed potatoes. But why not? All right. Well, Grant, you can go into the kitchen and there's nothing here. A, a ghost lives in this house and by lives, I mean sleeps exclusively. <laughs> there's, there's no food in this house to cook or be eaten. Shit. We gotta go yeah. to the Elysium food lion. <laughs> Grant looks around and goes, Yeah. Okay. That's what I figured. The Elysium Kroger. The Elysium, um... There's definitely an angel around here somewhere who is just a horn of plenty and is constantly vomiting fruits and grains <laughs> all over the ground. That sounds miserable. I don't like the fact that you used the adjective vomiting. I don't like constantly. <laughs> okay, okay. 
So you all can assume your various positions in the house and just wait. You can feel the little bit of power that Notcher puts out to wake Mesa up. And then Steiner is the only one who is even conceivably within earshot. You can hear a muffled conversation and crying after a point. Like weeping or just like emotion, like just pure emotion crying or just open weeping? Um, more the first. Okay, so like it's just a lot. Just too much emotions must cry. Your curse has been fixed and no one has to die. Oh, I've got a lot of emotions about that. Yeah, okay. That was my question. So, Steiner, you're the one who gets to meet them first since you are the one closest to the bedroom. Notcher just kind of phases through the door since they are just a holographic entity. But then there's some soft footsteps from the other side and the bedroom door opens and it's Mesa. They still have their heterochromia. They still have the little scar on their face that they got before you even met them. They still have the bracelet around one arm that they are fidgeting with. And when they see you, Steiner, they have a very conflicted look on their face. So, first of all, it's good to see you. And second, we owe you quite a bit of explanation. Not as much as you think. I know who you are. I know who all three of you are. I've seen all three of you. Well, you look a bit different. The the context, the name Steiner, being involved in my destiny, your accent. It's not difficult to figure out. For the record, I did feel bad about lying, but I felt that it was um, a necessary evil. Mm. Yeah, the others are here somewhere. Right. Ah, but here we are. Do a long conversation, I think. Mm. You know, it's sort of funny. Now that I know what you actually are. You gave me a lot of information about how to make you. And then I made somebody who made you. (sighs) Time travel seems to work like that. Okay. 
Where are the others? I mean, I just can like. I don't want to just turn and yell for them. I'll go. Gri- I'll go get them. It's like uh, one moment I will retrieve them. Mace is not just gonna like lurk in the doorway. They have. They are on their feet. You know, they are still a ghost. So, a lot of how they're moving right now is technically affectation. But. They are walking on their own two feet, and they follow you out. And since Roxanne was in the living room, and that's where Meza heads for, Roxanne, you just hear from the hallway back to the bedroom, Amelia. Hi, Meza. How are you, um... How are you feeling? I don't know if I have a how. I'm feeling a lot. Oh, I can... I can't imagine, but... (sighs) Yeah. I think a big part of it is... Terrified? That... Not sure is wrong? And they're gonna come back at any second? Well, if it will, I don't know if it'll alleviate your fears. I, I, I get it, kind of. But the one who helped us do all this, this isn't the first time she's done this. And presumably she would have told us if this was temporary and if it was temporary I don't think she would have raised the idea in the first place so it's permanent they're gone to be specific um, this has been done on multiple timelines already and how it was done is that since we can't break the curse, we just moved it onto a world where humans never came to exist. I mean, I don't know necessarily that we couldn't do it, just that we don't know how. Yes, it's beyond us, so we can't destroy it, so we just shut it away. I'm going to try to believe. I know it's, um, I know it's going to be hard, but, um, you've got the time now. Yeah? I do have the time now. I see you've still got my bracelet. They raise their arm up, stare at it, turn their wrist around. Yeah. Uh, Adel thought I might like to keep it. I'd like to 
have it while I was waiting, even if I was going to be sleeping through all of this. You know, for luck. Maybe it was lucky. Because you and I are talking again, and everything might just turn out all right. Yeah. So I assume your brother is in here somewhere as well. Grant, are you hiding in the kitchen? I was waiting for it to be a good time to come out. I'll just walk into the living room at this point. Hey. Mesa gives you a kind of funny look, Grant. I don't think you'll remember me, but... Not a bit. Uh, we did talk every once in a while. Uh, did they ever mention a, uh, a person named Lindsay to you? At some point. They did. And I know who you are. Yep. Though I don't have any good memories of you. Yeah, I wish... I wish you did. It's difficult with all three of you, but you especially... hard to just let everything I've seen just sit there. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, um, on behalf of humanity, I would like to apologize that we can be a real bunch of bastards sometimes. With the exception of the two of you, so far as I'm aware, it's all the time. Yes, that's, uh... That's the problem. You've only ever seen the bad. I assure you, there is a good side. Yeah, I'm... not necessarily interested in proving that humanity is good to you, I don't think. Especially not right now. But, um... I hope you can at least take my word for it that, you know, Grant's not all bad. I'm not all bad. I have my limits. Well, I know you're not all bad. They kind of put their hands behind their back in a kind of absent way and you can see just based on like how their forearms are open they your bracelet appears to have turned into some kind of fidget object so oh you know what I just realized you'll get to meet my son that's going to be fun can introduce you to my family and my lab, and let's say family. It's just my, it's just me and my son and my robots. Someday. Yes. Yeah, it all doesn't. It doesn't all have to happen right now. I'm, I'm not saying immediately, but 
There's something to look forward to. You're like Gregory. He's um, he's a fusion of human and fae technology. I sort of made him on accident. I'm really, to this day, not quite sure how. It's okay, Steiner. A lot of children happen on accident. Yeah, decides Roxanne. Made that exact joke before. I know I've made that joke before. It's still funny to me. <laughs> In time, we will introduce you to the good parts of humanity. If you want. Yeah, yes, if you, yeah. If you want. Yeah. This is, of course, uh, all in the future. We, more than anything, want to give you time to rest and recuperate. Right. <sighs> of course, that's all dependent on the future happening. They give the three of you a very meaningful look. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> if I hadn't... If I hadn't met the Adol that exists back then, I don't know that I would necessarily believe that all this was possible. But I don't like to believe in impossible things. And even if they are the way they are now, they're still Adel. I think we can convince them. I'm willing to try. For the two of you, I'm willing to try. Well, before that, you really do need to decompress and just try to, I don't just say relax, but just adjust to the change. I spent more of my life without it than with it. Hmm. I had not really thought about that, but uh... I, I would like some time. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. But not so long as you might be thinking. Well, let's see. It's a good way to ensure that you can contact us because we're kind of dipping in and out of time at the moment. Uh, let's see. I will be listening in. I will know. Oh, uh. Mesa? Greta? Greta? Mesa? Is that, did we just hear that or Greta there? Greta's just in the room now. Oh. oh, fuck. Okay, hi, Greta. Oh, jeez. Hi, Greta. I would have thought you two would be used to this by now. Yeah, from her, I'd say pointing at Roxanne. Anyways, I said, uh, Mesa, this is Greta. This is Greta. Greta has made this all possible. And he's my daughter from the future. Hello. But from a future. I have 
met you several times, but it is always nice to meet you again. And she turns to Notcher's projection. I know that there are no real sense organs there, but... She just kind of gives like a, like a short bow. It's wonderful to meet you for the first time again as well. Yes. We can scarcely perceive you. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, I just need to be sure that all the other yous from all the other world lines don't get any funny ideas. So I'm, I'm kind of masking these next couple of minutes. I would not worry about it too much. We see, or rather we do not. We understand. Oh, it's funny to watch him be on the back foot. <sighs> but yes, as I was saying, I'm listening. I'm listening to all of you in the least perverse way possible. So, Mesa, when you are ready to advance this, simply speak it aloud and I will bring them back. Before they depart, however, they will need to make sure you are aware of what is happening two weeks from now. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what day it is right now. It's September 29th. Which is... A couple... It's like two weeks before uh, we talk to Meza and learn about the daggers. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to require a little bit more explanation and it's going to be a little difficult to hear so before you begin I am going to dismiss myself of course see you soon see you soon just let me know when you'd like to be gone Bye, Greta. See you later. She isn't here to hear your goodbye, but you know she hears it anyways. I just assume she hears everything. Oh, yes. Uh, Greta, our alternate timeline future daughter. Standards, bad science things. Um, she seems pleasant. She is. Um, she's been doing this for a while, though, so things are a little repetitive for her. This is, I think, in somewhere of the tens of millions of times she'd stuck this. So she has it down pretty well at this point. Okay. So what's the unpleasant thing that I need to hear about? Ah, uh, so... This is... The third time we've met, from our perspective. See, this is the second time we've been around on this, uh, you call it a loop. Uh, the first time, we did not have the luxury of being able to uh, fix your curse, and so there was no avoiding fighting Adel. And 
that didn't end well for either party. And long story short, we're doing a second go around with the help of Greta. So, um, there's a version of us going around in this timeline that um, still is moving on the plan of destroying Adel. Uh, we aren't going to let that happen. But in two weeks, they are going to come here to talk to you to learn about the daggers that they would need in order to destroy him, uh, destroy them. And you are going to have to pretend to not know them and then also give this information to them. And again, Adel will not be destroyed. That is not the plan. But we do need to keep our past selves believing that is the plan. Partway through that explanation, Mesa just kind of slowly walked over to one of the pieces of furniture here in the sitting room. They were just kind of sitting normally. And the explanation wore on a little bit, and they, like, pulled their knees up to their chest. And it kept going, and their hands went up into their hair, and now they're kind of, like, pulled into a really tight ball in this chair. <sighs> yes, it's... I, I said it would be uncomfortable. As, uh, again, we are going to talk a little... Well, that is a good plan. We're going to talk to Adel. We're not going to let what happened last time happen. And we're going to... Well, I can't believe give everyone I did the best that. Oh, yes. Well... It was a whole thing. Well, basically how that happened... I told you how to kill him. Yes, I said uncomfortable. He trusted me with that to be the only other person to hold that. And I broke my promise. Well, we... How am I supposed to look at him again? Because we showed you that he was wrong, and even even though it well, it basically did destroy you to do so, you knew that you couldn't let them go through with that. He protected me for so long. And then he handed me his one, one thing that could undo him. And I turned it back on him. I'm, I go over and I put a hand on their shoulder. Listen. 
both did and didn't happen, and we're here to tell you that it's... It's going to be okay this time. I get up and I just go and, like... Mesa's, like, sitting, curled up on a ball on a chair. I just, like, go there and I... Kneel in front of Mesa and I just go... I mean, Steiner's right, but also... If Adol gave you that information, it's because trusted you with with it, which means trusting you with how to use it. Everything he did or wanted to do was for you, and you believed that it was wrong. And at the time, there was no other way to prevent it. I don't know what to say to... I don't think there is anything I can say to help you carry the weight of that knowledge, but you did it because it, as you believed, it was the only thing that you could do, that it was the right thing to do. I, I truly do not have the words. I didn't have the words then. I don't have them now. I likely will never have the words. But when you give this same information this time, it won't be what undoes him. He will, if he, he will remain safe and whole and everyone will get the happy ending. That's why we're here. And I'm still going to be the person who did that. Man, actually, maybe... I wonder if there's any way we could fudge that. Technically... The versions of ourselves that are still running around out there don't have any idea what you look like. Roxanne does. Roxanne's been here before. Ah, well, so much for that idea. Yeah, no, I've... I would know. Still... Uh, fake it? Can we fake it somehow? Is there any way we could... I mean, it's... Uh, if there's any it doesn't way matter. I, we could get you... It doesn't matter what we do this go-around. I am still... That's still me. That's my character. That's my person. I am the kind of person who would do that. You're the kind of person who didn't want Adol to become the same person that he fought against. Would you like to know how we convinced you last time? I don't think there's an answer you can give me that would make this feel better. I think any answer you gave me would make it worse. Because <laughs> it would all just be... That's all it took. Well, 
What if we showed you what we showed you in the past? I don't want it. I don't want to know. I don't want to know what was enough to break me. I don't want to know what was enough to make me betray them. Steiner, I don't think that there's anything we can say about this. Yeah, the, uh, no. there's... This isn't... This isn't going to be a thing that we can solve. This isn't a... This is just... They have to... Work through it themselves, I think. It'll give you some space and some time. Yeah. Mesa, before I go, though, if you want to... If you want to vent your frustrations on somebody about this, I wouldn't blame you. And... If you need somebody to listen, you know how to get a hold of us. So, even though you might not like us very much right now, we're still here if you need us, okay? Sure. I, um, I just want to apologize because I can be a little bit insensitive when I get to talking and I don't think about it sometimes, but I am sorry that uh, I kind of broached this topic with a little, little, little bit less than grace. Can I just ask that the three of you leave me alone? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Steiner just nods and starts to leave. What's... Greta, I think we're good. You three are all just popped out into the void. That really didn't go any better than last time. I actually think it went a little worse. Well, some things are just gonna go bad. Some things suck, and they'll always suck. They wish they wouldn't blame themselves. I mean... I... understand that... You know, it's... A complicated I mean, subject, but... I mean, I get it. I 100% get it as as someone who is in the unique position of being the only one here who's actually dating someone from the Feywilds. Like, if Amalia told me, hey, here's the one thing that, I, that can kill me, and someone convinced me to tell them that, then, like, that would 
it would destroy me I, if I learned that that happened. But like, I, no, like, it's no, no. I, I, I get that. I understand that. I just, it's weird. But I wish they were angrier at us. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Them being angry at themselves sucks. It honestly really does suck. I've kind of, now that you've said that, yeah, I wish they were angrier at us. Well, maybe that will come later. Maybe. Uh, fingers crossed, huh? Yeah. Here's to hoping next time we see them, they're pissed at us. Yeah. Where are we? So as the three of you have been convalescing, Greta has, in between the time of you leaving and you coming back, pulled her chair away from the table. So it's like a completely standalone unit. And she is now sitting backwards in it. Just got to kind of got her arms folded over the back of it. Ah, the cool pastor. Leaning down. <laughs> she's doing... Oh, she she isn't, like, sitting upright, though. She's, like, half laying down on it. She's got her chin resting on her wrists. Okay. It doesn't get any easier to watch, I imagine. No. Not at all. Do they... I don't think it... But they obviously never get over that. You don't get over something like that. But do they ever forgive themselves? Sometimes. Is there... Is there sometimes when we help, or... Can you not tell us that? I don't want to give you too much information. Didn't think so. Worth a shot. All right. I think this is the one time I really wish we could have some spoilers. And I wish I could give it to you. But there are some occasions where Mesa does become important again. After all this, their emotional state can influence how their role in those events plays out. So I can't tell you. I can't influence your actions on them. That's fair. And I would at least—I can't speak for the rest of my compatriots, but I would at least try to be a comforting, well, a comfort as yeah. best I can. I'm not uh, a psychiatrist by any means, but I would still like to try to be there for them if providence allows. Well, assuming all of this finishes correctly, they're not hard to find. Can we do like a hot, cold thing where you tell me, like, if I say what I want to do, you can be like, no, cold or, or warm? Can we, can we do that? Is, is that allowed? She's got kind of a sad smile and she's just shaking her head no. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to... I, it's, it's been a bit of a downer. I'm just trying to lighten the mood as much as I can. I can offer you a reprieve, if you would like it, because there is one more optional item left on the itinerary. 
Yeah, let's go save some lives. I would appreciate that at the, at the moment, yes. Are we going to have to, like, make sure they don't see us? How are we going to do that? Okay, so as long as I don't talk, they won't understand or recognize me. And they can see me. Like, yeah, okay, they, they won't remember so... me. They can be convinced to keep their information quiet. Honestly, they see that this, this, they're a Ravens group. They've seen weird things. If we just say, hey, we're from the future, don't tell us about us. Decent chance that they will actually abide by that. I mean, sure, I trust them to keep a secret. I just don't know. I just was worried that we're going to fucking destroy the time stream. Time paradox, whatever. They will walk into the final fight with some suspicions, but given that you are attempting to have the final fight not happen at all, it should not affect things ultimately, so long as you do not give the game away. Sure. So let's... Okay, let's say plan A, we don't reveal ourselves if at all possible, but plan B, we just trust them to be cool about it. I know Groovy will be cool about it. Oh yeah, they're cool about everything. Yeah. Oh, Alright. Well, we don't really know anything about this situation besides that they well died, so No, you do. Tell you. Oh. Sorry. Um to remind you of what happened. This was a conversation that was glossed over in the interest of not having a, a whole nother session before the first jump back with Nokofia. You all had a talk with the Border Cal team's ghosts, minus Dietrich, because he died a true death, about all of the intel they had on this and what they needed to know in order to come out the end, their end of it just fine. So you guys have got the lowdown. Okay. So your only real restriction is that you need to approach them before December 1st, because that is the date of that fight. Sorry, let me amend that. It's between November 12th and December 1st is your window. Oh. Ah, okay, okay. So the question is, do we go November 1st or November 12th and give them extra time to prepare? Or do we go just November 31st and just like hope that they work better, like with the information fresh in their minds? I feel like... giving them more time to prepare would be a good idea? I think that if they are warned too late, that they might call in, um, might try to call in other SoCal groups for assistance. Would be my concern. And that's just going to mess everything up, really. Uh. On the other hand, I don't know how to give them the information that we have without completely pulling back the veil. Do we know how we they killed this thing? You do, yeah. 
we just want to like sneak in and just like drop a booklet on like hey here's how to not die on this date trust us for from the future don't so you're fighting death monster i mean honestly just like laying out everything the monster can do and so that way they're not surprised sounds like a plan just like slip a pamphlet through the man slot is there like a raven's like call signal or something that like they know they use to know that it's you know also a raven cell like the crow Uh, calls at midnight some shit like that (laughs) no there's no secret handshake it's literally just like if you're part of the ravens you have a superior officer you call the superior officer of the other person who you need to confirm that they talk to each other and confirm it. Like, do we have like a like a stamp, like a wax stamp or something that we could seal something to designate it's from official Raven's business or something? I'm sure Poe. Why am I asking you? Why should I ask Colin? I am also in charge of this universe. Yeah, yeah, they have a point. I am 100% certain that Poe wants that to be a thing and nobody bothers. And he's like, why? Why doesn't anybody do this? And then the farther you get from the East Coast, the less likely it is to be a thing. <laughs> Sylvester's just like, I, I have no fucking clue, sir. I'm sure there's like a couple Ravens groups around there. They're like doing secret handshake, secret society bullshit. And they think it's rad as hell or like the or at least the leaders think it's rad as hell and everyone then is like oh god we gotta do the fucking thing again we gotta do <laughs> oh god how's the it fu- going fucking... bump, fist I... bump make a bat with your hands uh... the portland I... ravens do it <laughs> do you know how expensive ceiling wax is <laughs> the portland ravens are paradoxically all heterosexual and cisgender <laughs> ew Gross. Look, this this is the kind of thing that's like really, really big in the middle states where there's very little to do and everybody is a bit of a wackadoo already. I believe that. That's what happens when nothing you that's not, like middle states are weird. It's, it's like that's that shit. That's what happens when there's like your horizon is completely flat and there's nothing to do but look at corn. Outside of them, everybody just tells Seymour that they are following these protocols. They're all lying. <laughs> Seymour knows they're all lying. Seymour doesn't Poe do it either. That it's happening, and Poe believes him because why would Seymour lie to me? <laughs> Illinois outside of Chicago is a fucking nightmare place. Seymour, Seymour's babysitting my kid for me. He wouldn't lie. Look, you joke and you laugh about the middle about the flyover state ravens, but when the fucking corn losses comes knocking, you know who to call. <laughs> they experiment gone horribly wrong or horribly right. When you you think the reason that we subsidize corn playing video games, I was studying corn. <laughs> When you were picking up women, I was studying the corn. And now that Cornmageddon is beating down your door, you have the audacity to ask me for 
look, you think the reason we subsidize all this corn in America is because we like it or because of money? No, we, we have, have to, to keep, keep pulling the- it off of Cornzilla, otherwise he will awaken again. Yeah, we have to keep growing the corn. It is an ancient pact with an eldritch corn being. Meanwhile, the Wichita Ravens are just like desperately driving down the highway, hoping they see a jackalope or some shit. Man. I drove through like Utah and Nevada and all that shit once, and it's bleak. I'm not having this argument with you again. I saw a pronghorn antelope. That was pretty cool, though. All right. All right. All right. Let's rerail this train. I got to say one more thing. I, I, I do mean to throw shade. I explicitly mean to throw shade, but it's just that <laughs> I am a mountain boy. I, I'm not used to seeing the horizon. I go to like Illinois or, can, or, or Kansas and it's just like completely flat. And I'm like, this is wrong. Fundamentally, it's freaky to me. I'm noted done. for the record. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, yes, the secret raven's wax seal is a thing that exists. None of you know about it because Emery has never mentioned it. (laughs) They would rather just pick up a phone and call somebody. All right. Let's... What could we say like a single sentence that would convince them that we know what the hell we're talking about and let's assume we're going with the plan just dump information through their mailbox i mean why why don't you just show up at their door and say you're a robot dr steiner built from the future sent back in time to correct uh things yeah like just be straightforward about it just pretend that you have the voice of you because, uh, I don't know. He's the I only... Was this, I had... I only trust myself to do it. I was the only voice I had the base to synthesize on. I used my voice so you would trust me. Okay, wait, no, they didn't meet any of the angels. That was just the little bit after... Between where they tried to take you and we kind of, you know, rightfully got a little bit upset over that. So they don't know about the angels. So that's not going to work. I still think the best plan is to literally just dump a packet of information on the doorstep and then we'll hang about the day of in the distance and if it seems like it's going bad, we'll teleport in there and directly intervene. Yeah. I mean, I guess... If that is the road you would like to take, we can make it happen. Does anyone remember any, say, baseball game outcomes that happened between November and, you know, the day of? You're asking me about sports. That's cute. Hello. Alright, so... I was just waiting for him to figure it out. I mean, I didn't... I, I thought that was kind of like a non-intervention thing, but whatever. If we could just ask, that's cool, too. That's actually very helpful. So, again, we'll just write up the information we have. 
and then put like and so that we know we're not pulling your leg here are the results of such and such games as they will happen in between now and the assigned date and we'll just drop that off and we'll keep an eye on, on the day of and as i said if it seems like it's going to go badly for them we'll pop in and directly intervene anyone else have any suggestions or better plans i am open Nah, sounds good to me. It works. It is the most boring option, but it will work. <laughs> I, I think we just just need a little bit of a breather, unless we want to do this like a silly way. I'm good with boring at the moment. You, I will ask you to forgive me. I always prefer it when you go there yourselves and have the conversation face to face. It is fun to watch, but that does not make this method invalid. All right, no. Actually, yes, I can see that being fun. We could get some entertainment out of that, but is it? Ah, yes, let's have some fun with it. We deserve a nice bit of brevity. Let's go talk to some people we know and tell them how to not die. I just what I just realized. I'm literally a robot going back in time to save them. Yes, you're the Terminator. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've made this joke before. But I'm the one that does the liquid metal stuff. It's been like seven sessions. What are you talking about? Are you screwing screw that again? We've been here like, we've, we've, no, that's how many times we've come back in here and had, you know, we've been in this room and then out like seven times. Is I think. I may have miscounted. It's hard to tell. Okay, well, let's go. You still have not told me exactly when you would like to go. Oh. Uh. Well, let's go earlier. That way, if they don't believe us, we can keep at it. Yeah. Let's just do it on the 12th. The 13th, after the 12th. The 13th. So we don't want to just teleport on the doorstep because I'm a big robot man. And that's going to be a little bit noticeable. Likewise, we don't want to just drop into the house because that's a good way to start a fight. On their doorstep would be fine. The entire apartment building is owned by the Border Cow Ravens. Fair enough. Let's do it to it. I will place you in one of the lesser used rooms of the building so that you can collect yourselves and exit at your leisure. That is appreciated. Thank you. What do they do with an entire apartment complex? House a lot of refugees. Oh, that's very good of them. Spit on the man. I appreciate it. Right, well, let's go do a bunch of nonsense then. Greta sits up a little bit straighter, puts one arm across the back of the chair, and now she is in the cool pastor pose, like 100%. I hold up my finger like I'm going to snap my fingers. She kind of tilts her head back and smiles at you. You're gone. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I love that. I'm sure she appreciates it as well. Just zero frame transition into an apartment. The lights are off. Yeah, there's a window, but the shades are drawn, so you've only got just enough light to see around in here. There's a thin film of dust. Now, this isn't like nobody's been in here for a year kind of thing, but no one's been in here for a minute, at least. So we're either in an apartment where a vampire has been sleeping for a while or it's not being used. So if we're going to go full just wacky with this, we've got to think of a good open liner. Well, we were making jokes about Terminator, so you can always say come with me if you want to live. That makes no sense. Like, they will understand the reference, I think, after, like, uh, an explanation, but it's just not... It's not going to be satisfying on, on their level. I wanted, like... I want to craft a sentence that will both convince them that we're from the future and will also just make them stand their mouth agape for a moment. Like, if we're going to do this, we may as well just just go full stupid. What's up, nerds? Would you like to not die in the future? Mm, I don't think it's quite there. Greetings, I bear information from the future. I don't know. How about, I, like, um, a Christmas carol thing? <laughs> you will be visited by three California ravens this day. <laughs> Here we are! <laughs> Um, hmm. Do we have, like, personal information that we know about them? You've hung out with them, Grant. What do you... Uh, Groovy is really into getting high and painting. Oh, that's a big secret. Okay, yeah, well, fuck you. I'm just going in the order of the... I mean, like, I, we're, making, we're making a lot of noise in here. I wonder if anybody's actually hearing this. That would be funny if they came into us arguing about how we're supposed to tell them this. That would be par for the course. <laughs> God damn it, you figured out the joke before it was actually time to spring the punchline. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Might as well have it happen now. Wait, what happened? As the three of you are arguing about how best to approach this, this cloud of pitch black smoke rolls in from under the door jam and kind of half fills the room. Oh, hey, look. Hello, Jack. Hey, Jack. How's it going? Well, the surprise is ruined. It's still just kind of an amorphous cloud at this point, but out of it steps Jack in casual clothes. He's got like a sword on his hip, but he isn't in full armor. Did she just like stick us in Jack's room? No. Is that why it's so dark? I don't think this is his room. Jack strikes me as a bit of a neat freak. So... Grant and Steiner, the two of you are strangers to him, effectively. Steiner, because you're a big robot, and Grant, because you're the void, but... Yep. Roxanne, you... He saw you, from his perspective, yesterday, when you healed George. 
Right. And so now you've just shown up in his apartment building unannounced. <laughs> With short hair, wearing completely different, yeah. wearing weird clothes. Yeah. Also, like, I don't know, probably a little haggard looking. We did just kind of like walk out of a fight. You did just age a year, and it probably wasn't a very graceful age considering the contents of that year. Year and a half. So he's got one hand on his sword, and he's looking at the three of you. Oh, blessed healer, identify yourselves and your companions. All right, I'm just going to do it. Come with us if you want to leave. Thank you! Are you happy? Steiner. Yes, I'm very happy. We're here from the future. What manner of devilry is this? The river of time cannot be traversed. Uh, It can if you know what you're doing. I completely forgot that it just talks like that. It honestly, I, I, that left me somehow. I think it's really, really charming, actually. That's a word for it, sure. Look, um... I have not gone deaf to your words. I've been through some shit. I really don't care. Uh, Anyway, so uh, so we're here to save your life in like two weeks, something like that. Yeah. Okay, I I need somebody at some point to give me a fucking manipulate someone because I've had a lot of people hitting this guy with a lot of things. He isn't necessarily your prime. Never mind. Colin did it. Okay, well, Grant rolls a 12. (laughs) That's that bomb diffused. Yep. What do you say? I, I, I literally just said it. We're here to keep you from dying in two weeks. I. Mm, Listen, you roll the 12, are... so he's just going to go, yep, okay. <laughs> Listen, we're from the future. Time travel isn't as impossible as most people would want you to believe it is. And you are. All of you are going to die on the first by a big monster and we're here to help prevent that yeah let's do this why don't you ring up our group of ravens and ask to talk to Roxanne yes a test a test of your authenticity that would only be the first of many it's a fist Uh, Roxanne, Roxanne, real quick, turn your phone off. Oh, yeah, no, uh, I've been keeping it off basically since we left the first time. Okay, how do you still have that? I keep it in my hammer space. Oh, that makes sense. I can't think. Why would I keep anything in my pockets? Steiner, do you know about women's clothes? They don't have pockets. (laughs) I don't carry a purse. Anyway, just making sure that two phones don't ring and causes some weird shit to happen. Quantum phone yeah. call. Jack does, yeah, he, he's still got the one hand on the hilt of his sword, but he reaches into his other pocket with his free hand. He pulls out his phone, opens it up, does something on it, and then like kind of lowers it and is staring at you all. <sighs> Curious portents of an awful future. 
And then the phone buzzes in his pocket. He pulls it back out, nods, does some more tapping, holds it up to his ear. Emery Parker, I demand to speak to your newest team member at once. No, not that one. <laughs> no, the other one. <laughs> yes. Steiner's just like rolling his neck because he can't roll his eyes. <laughs> oh, blessed healer. I wish to confirm your location and your wellness. Yes. I see. Wonderful news. Most interesting. No, nothing you need concern yourself with yet. I slap my forehead very quietly. <laughs> I will if it ever comes to that. And then he hangs up his phone. So it seems that at least was the truth. Yeah. You may yet be deceiving me, though. Okay. We shall need to confirm the authenticity of your existences yet further. Do you want to, like, get the rest of, you know, Border Cow together at least? Like, yeah. Yes, that is the plan. Cool. Cool. He just kind of nods at all of you and then just shoop down into the cloud of smoke that is still half filling the room and he's just gone. So should we like stay here or? I think we should probably just like stay here. Okay. Let a couple minutes pass and then you hear like several sets of footsteps approaching, some of them a lot heavier than others. And then the front door to this apartment Unlocks. Has anyone found a light switch, or are we just going to I sit here in the dark? I mean... Oh, I 100% would have, like, turned on the lights at some point while we were waiting. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Front door unlocks. It's Benny and Aelita who step through first. Aelita has a gun drawn and just immediately Whoa. is eyeing the three of you up. Benny's got his fists up. Hey, hi, hello. I get that, like, you were suspicious, but could you please not point that at me? I don't particularly care. I'm, I don't think I can... Well... Some of us can still feel pain. That, Steiner! For the sake of everybody in the room's comfort, she points the gun at Steiner. You know what? I'm fine <laughs> with that. Yeah, you, you sure, know what? It's, whatever. Yeah. Thank you. If you have to point it at someone, I'm... <laughs> but it's not just the two of them. They file into the room, and then Jack comes, still got one hand on his sword. Groovy comes in behind him, and then Dietrich has got to, like, duck a little bit to get through the doorway, but he comes through as well, and now you've got all five Border Cal in here. Hi. We're from the future. Uh, Dietrich is just kind of like scratching at the little bit of facial right. hair on his chin. He's like, We're from a future, to be perfectly clear. One we're trying to prevent. Huh. Well, I'll be fucking damned. 
Shaq wasn't exaggerating for once. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't uh, seem like he'd be the kind of per type to do that. No offense, Jack. Anyway, good to see you, you know, whole and hearty. Oh. So... That's... A possible future, not set in stone. We are here to prevent a lot of bad things oh, from happening. Oh yeah, hopefully this the timeline, the actual timeline we come from just like never happens. That's the idea, yes. And and well you survive it in a form, but you do all kind of meet a busy end here in a couple of weeks. They all kind of look at each other and turn back to you. And then they all look at Dietrich. Dietrich is still sitting there, just kind of scratching at his beard. Huh. Alright, well. We've prepared a pamphlet. I'm sure you have. <laughs> we do need to know that you aren't just some kind of monster that's making a fight it sees coming easier on itself. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, how, how can we prove that to you guys? Well, let's see here. Hi, Lita. Check him out. Alita lowers their gun, holsters it, kind of hesitantly looking at all three of you. And then they walk up to Steiner. She places oh. a hand on like the middle of Steiner's chest. And Steiner, you, you start to feel something like getting inside of you. Like, not physically, but spiritually, magically, something is worming its way into your systems, such as they are. Hmm. Apologies for the mess I haven't cleaned in a while. I'm going to assume the answer is no, but I'm going to ask anyways. Are you going to resist this at all? No. I mean, that would look bad, and it would be rude. Okay. Oh, whatever this is, is like getting into all of you. Like, from the soles of your feet to the top of your head, there's some kind of presence that is just getting into your entire body. And then it brushes up against your soul and immediately completely recoils. And Aelita turns to the rest of her party. There's a person in there. Yes, hi. There is a soul in that machine. Deus mm -hmm. in that machina. Don't Ghost that in the up. shell. <laughs> I was, I'm disappointed in you. That's the easy route. We already did a machine man joke. I gave you the Terminator joke. Right, yeah. I'm still going to make it, though. I'm still going to say the things. Anyway. Yeah, uh, this is Edwin Steiner. Hi, I died. I got better. 
You met him a couple months ago. He wasn't like this before. I had flesh sense. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It wasn't like <laughs> this a few months ago. Okay, so you have a soul and a robot body that is claiming the identity of one raven. And we have another person who looks like another raven from the same team. I can show you my driver's license if you like. I've changed my hair a bit since then. If you are imitating her body and voice and all of her mannerisms, and you're doing a very good job of it. Thanks. I've, I've got a lot of practice at being me. <laughs> Sorry, I know, I know this is very serious, but I just can't help it. It's it's kind of a ridic- ridiculous situation. Actually, I just remembered something um, that might help. And I would like to bring up, because we had like a whole thing where we talked about the worst hunts we've been on. I'd like to bring up mm-hmm. a couple of those. Because I don't okay. know the specifics, but I just like, as Steiner would like to rattle off a couple, like, you mentioned these as, like, particularly bad hunts. We had a conversation about this at one point that has not occurred yet. Uh, no, it has occurred. That that occurred in the aftermath of the Morton hunt. Oh, yeah, it did. Shit. Yeah. I was thinking he was in the farther in the future past. No. Uh, that has already happened. Um, the only one I remember off the top of my head was Ailita. Her least favorite was a rust monster. Yes. So, um, I don't remember Ailita. It, it was some time from my perspective. It's not been much time from yours. But uh, we had a little conversation where we just kind of... Uh, made small talk about the worst con- the the worst hunts we've been on and yours i believe was a rust monster it kind of tilts her head back raises her eyebrows a little looks a little bit plussed okay i don't exactly hide that fact but there aren't also a whole lot of people who know that i can just like stay if i uh... I don't know if I'd remember these in character, like all of them, but I would remember what... I don't know, I can just... Yeah, we'll just stick to that one, because I don't... I'm going to say in character, I don't, like, fully remember what the others were, because it was a bit ago, and there's... We've been through through a lot in the meantime. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You got a year and a half of bad shit stacked up on top of that particular conversation. It's fine that you don't remember all of it. So, Ailita looks, you know, not 100% convinced, but at like 80, 85. Oh man, like last time they saw me, I don't think I was even like human shaped. Yeah, definitely not. Wait. No, uh, well, no one except Jack has seen you human shaped. Oh, right. Okay, then that's fair then. So as everybody is kind of mulling over the the sort of next stage of, like, how do we determine if these three are real or not, Groovy spreads their arms and steps forward. It's going to be Groovy. I know how. 
I think I know how we figure out if we know these people. I've, I've got an idea. I've got a thought. Which one of you do I know best? See, I mean, technically it would be Grant, but you don't remember me, but I'm the Grant. void. Yeah, you don't remember me. But do you remember me? I do remember Oh, yes. You're like... No offense to anybody else, everybody else here, but like out of everybody here, you're my favorite. <laughs> See, I like being told things like that. All right, brother, I've got an idea. I have an idea. I need. I need a canvas. I need a canvas. And they leave the room. <laughs> I was going to say, I could just, like, go nab one from a Hobby Lobby or something. <laughs> give me... Fucking Hobby Give lobby. me a minute, I'll, I'll invent the loom again. <laughs> they leave the room. They're gone for, like, two minutes, and everybody is just kind of standing around, kicking dust awkwardly. At one point, Benny looks around oh. and just kind of huffs. I really need to get uh. in here more often to clean. How's George doing, by the way? She is acclimating to her recovered state well. That's good. good. I mean, I know she recovers just fine, but that's good to hear anyway. And, you know, we don't need the wound at this time anyway. And then Groovy comes back into the room. They've got a canvas under their arm. All right. I have a canvas and I'm back in this room and I have no idea why. Uh, because it was something you had, you had, you asked who here knew you best. And it, then we said it was me. And since I've got some fucking magic going on, you probably forgot that I existed. Oh, brother, that's heartbreaking. I know. I know you best of all. <sighs> all right. But if that's true, if that's true, and you're true, and your heart and soul are true, we're gonna get this figured out. He's a real nowhere man. Groovy just, they've got their pots of inks and paints on their belt as always, and they pop one open, it's a gray paint, they dip a finger inside and pull it out, and as they draw it up, the paint kind of leaves a trail and solidifies and they grab it. They just, they have a nail in their hand now. They walk over to a wall and they put the nail up against it and they press in and it seems to just go through and they hang the canvas up on there. They make a come here, come here motion at Grant. I will walk over. And then they get behind you, Grant, and... They, they reach out, they grab your wrists with their hands. Mm-hmm. And they kind of puppet you to, like, reach back and grab a brush off of their belt and dip it in some of the pots. And then you can feel some magic start to happen in you. And you are told by this grimy hippie who is pressing up against your back, all right, brother, now you just gotta let the magic happen. All right. And then I, I guess that's your way of asking me to roll weird. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, do I get my plus one from my hand? Is this technically a use magic? It is not a use magic. Okay, just making sure. Like it's being used on you. That's still an 11. That's still an 11. All right. So you are called from your soul to reproduce your memories upon this canvas. And you and Groovy work together in concert to paint a kind of compressed collage of your interactions onto the parchment hung up on the wall in front of you. And, uh, you know, by the end of it, you, you've got the time you, Groovy, and Ash, I'm pretty sure it was Ash, all uh, smoked a bowl together I thought in Aelita was the back there. of Groovy's van. What? It might have, it might, I might be confusing Aelita for Ash, or Ash for Aelita. God, I don't remember which one it was. It might have been Aelita. And uh, third person. Yeah, third person. <laughs> yeah. Um, three of you smoked out in the group of, in the back of Groovy's van and ate some greasy ass food. The, uh, the, the sort of like hangout session that you, your two teams had here in the Border Cal HQ when you swapped stories about your worst hunts. When you, Grant, came back here to get Groovy's help with your magic paintball idea for the I final did. fight and Groovy was a paint monster. Oh yeah, that does happen later. That does happen later in the timeline, doesn't it? Yep, yep, yep. So all that comes together and then the spell on you stops and Groovy steps back and strokes at their beard. Well, that's wild, but it's real. Those are some authentic memories. Grass-fed memories. <laughs> Only- Artisanal, free-range, non-crafted memories. Only like two of them are grass-fed, to be fair. I get it. <laughs> I don't. Explain it to me. No, please explain. Well, you see, Grant Weed. enjoys the marijuana. So, I want either Roxanne or Steiner to role manipulate someone. Because Grant's already done it. Okay. I'll fucking go for charm. Fuck it, I'll let him- uh, I shouldn't have let him do- I shouldn't have let him did it. I didn't fail! Shouldn't have let him did it. I had a- I had bigger number. No, it's fine, number. because I'm pretty sure Steiner has his friendly and pleasant demeanor move. Yep. A pleasant and friendly manner. Which means that on a 7 to 9 manipulate someone, it still counts as a 10, so long as you were- a nice guy about it. I was a little sarcastic, but I was otherwise pleasant. You weren't mean, you weren't demanding, you weren't trying to be coercive or deceitful or unpleasant about any of this. I think smarmy is the worst uh, adjective you could apply to that. <laughs> so, 
While everybody may not be 100% convinced, you can read on all of them that they are at least willing to listen to you. And in fact, Dietrich conveys exactly that after everybody has finished examining the canvas and listening to Groovy's appraisal of it. Okay. Well, I suppose it can't hurt to hear you out. And if you really are who you say you are, we would be fools not to. Excellent. So here is the information you asked us to pass on to you. And here's the fun, ridiculous part of this whole interaction. Not like everything else hasn't been fun and ridiculous, but <laughs> oh boy, here's what I want to do here. As I said previously, the conversation about what exactly the Border Cal team told you all was glossed over. So only three things have been established as to the nature of this monster. And they were, it's a Deadlands creature, it can walk on two legs and four, and if it sneaks up behind you, it can just reach in through your back and pull your soul out. So, players, make up a monster and tell the Border Cal team how to defeat it, based on what you know of the Border Cal team's capabilities. Go nuts. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, all right, all right. So let's first establish the monster. And if I remember right, no, that was a different team. That was a different team that had to be like sewn together. No, that was Midcal that had to basically replace all of their blood. Yeah, they got cut up. Not Border. Yeah, Border Cal got all of their souls torn out of their body and they just forced them into the stuff they had on hand. You know, the all the junk that Aelita carries around to make machines, the smoke jack generates, Benny's clothes, Groovy's paint. Dietrich managed to avoid it, but he got messed up real bad and had to have chunks of him replaced with the things the rest of his team turned into. All right, all right, all right. Okay. I'm going to say two words. I'm going to say two words here. Okay. And I want yes or no answers, right? Evil Bigfoot. No. Why is Bigfoot walking on four legs? Yeah. Ape. Apes can walk on two or four legs. I always had it in my mind that Bigfoot was like just an actual ass crypto. Not like the mental image of Sasquatch, just like a gigantic Deadlands ape that has been like sightings of have been attributed to Bigfoot. Of course you would suggest an ape. What? I was going to suggest a hand monster. Like, literally, it's just all hands. It's been done. And yeah, that, I don't know how that works idea. on two or four legs. All hands on deck. <laughs> it walks around on four fingers. <laughs> oh, thing. It's just, literally just master hand. <laughs> um... I was thinking something along the lines of like 
some nightmare, I say nightmare, but like some fucking like awful horse thing. In before Ape says that's just a horse. Oh, a deer might work. Yeah, like. Honestly, like a fucking monster deer monster. It has to be able to walk on two or four legs and has to be able to reach and grab, which mm. it's a it's a deer monster. But instead of where the instead of hooves, it has like hands. I think that's a little too close to like an actual Native American thing. Oh, true. OK, that's fair. I still just want to make the the argument. Evil monkey. I still just want to put that out. Not not one to one Bigfoot, but evil Deadlands monkey ape thing. Okay, yeah, that's the best. That's the best idea we've gotten so far, honestly. Which is sad. <laughs> All right, so like we have the base of the monster. If uh, unless Chloe can, you have a better idea, because like evil monkey walks like a dog, but also walks like a dude. Like, gorillas are terrifying. Yeah, I mean, gorillas are terrifying. You are correct. Well, it doesn't have to be a gorilla. Like, like, baboon, gigantic, Deadlands baboon. Like it's a baboon pitch black, except it has a red ass. <laughs> like, the, just like the bear baboon skull. I like... Ooh, actually, a gorilla with like a, with, like, a baboon skull does sound pretty terrifying. What if it was like a a sloth? Because sloths, you know, they got those like big, gnarly looking claws. Like a big ground sloth? That would have like lived in California in ancient times, yeah. Yeah. And it's not particularly fast, but it can camouflage itself almost perfectly. And the, cl- and the claws like go intangible so it can reach into you and grab your soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like a big old monstrous sloth that can walk on... I mean, I think sloths can walk on two legs. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, ground sloths definitely could. Alright. So we can <laughs> Scooby's just itself. never seen a sloth before. It can camouflage itself and can project really convincing illusions, so you're like fighting this thing that you think is real and in the meantime that's the sloth is behind you and it's doing that creepy sloth thing where it just very slowly reaches out and snatches your soul away yeah yes this is why this is great actually it just yeah, very great, yeah. slowly kills you <laughs> like you're completely preoccupied and you don't even like realize what's happening until you're like is that my body oh Oh, oh shit, I'm dead. <laughs> you don't even notice until you're fucking... You see your head go through your own head and fall down. I'm very on board with all this so far. This is really good. What was its weakness? We gotta figure out what its weakness was now. Since we're telling them basically everything about this monster. Weakness for a sloth. A monstrous, <laughs> soul-snatching deadland sloth. Okay, you know how, like, sloths have moss that just grows on their fur because they move so slowly? I did not know that, but go on. Yeah, I didn't know that, but okay. So it's got, like, a symbiotic relationship with a deadland's moss that's near impenetrable. So if it's, like, 
in a defensive position, you basically can't hurt it. It just like turtles up. So in order to kill it, you gotta like get it to flip over, which is easier said than done. So how do we do that with a sloth? See, I was just going to suggest that it can't see you if you sit Wait. perfectly still. I know, I know. Never mind. I got. I got it. I got it. You have to use the moss against it. You have to get the moss to overgrow, and it absorbs. It just like consumes the sloth. So just wail on it for long enough that it. Uh, that no, it just... no. You have to like feed the moss. What do moss? What does moss eat? Just like it's 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 Deadlands impenetrable. It's like it's Deadlands iron moss. And you just gotta basically supercharge it, and it just consumes the sloth. They're like normally in an equilibrium, but you put the balance out of whack, and the sloth and the moss eats the sloth. You turn its defense on its head. And I'm sure like they're a balloon clever. And something bad happens. <laughs> <laughs> they're a clever enough bunch that like we we know their capabilities, but like they're they're ravens and they are smart, so they probably know a good way to do that on their own. I mean... They can come up with some ideas. They would have told us how they did it. Aelita probably made like a... Like a sun... Aelita's good with like technology. Maybe she made like a sun lamp that is exactly the light light wave frequency that the Deadlands is. Since it's like... Groovy conjures up like a bunch of... Deadlands water or something. I have no idea. I mean, declare it. That's part of that's yeah. part of this is you all just say what tactics did dead timeline border cal tell you to tell a live timeline border cal to make this happen. Ah, okay. All right. So Jack giving that he could go incorporeal just like wasn't able to get his soul snatched out and he's an analytical sort he realized that the best option was to just like turn this thing's defense into their offense so after they kind of like pulled themselves together literally yeah uh, Ailita like Roxanne like Chloe said did the uh Artificial Deadlands Sun thing. Groovy conjured like tainted water because that's it's the Deadlands. Mm-hmm. It's just everything and a then, plant could need. Deatric <laughs> just like wailed on this thing to keep it in its defensive position so that it wouldn't like move. And I guess Ben Benny can also do that. I have no clue. Yeah, Benny and Dietrich work together to keep this thing in position so it doesn't try to get away at the speed of sloth, which can be surprisingly fast. So it doesn't have time to craft more illusions to distract everybody again. Right. Mm-hmm. Just keeping it occupied while Aelita and Groovy do their thing. And then Jack, uh, well, they, they figured out how to do that, but what are they doing now? running defense because they can't get their soul snatched like Dietrich and Benny can. Well, that already happened. Well, Dietrich didn't get, their, get his souls. Uh, 
snatched. He just got fucked up. Jack is hanging out on Dietrich's back as just a smoke cloud with a set of eyes. Yeah. Just to be sure. Yeah. This was perhaps not the best plan, but it like was literally put under pressure. Under like, okay. We got our souls fucking ripped out. We got to deal with this or we're just like so much trouble. I don't know. So that's what they did. What should they have done? Aside from just knowing the weakness immediately and getting started on it beforehand, how could they have made it better? Although I guess we should also ask, what environment were they fighting this thing in? Mm -hmm. Well, it's near the border, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Time to look at a map. They were fighting it in, like, the Ote Open Space Preserve, which is just basically a huge, like, open plains thing where uh, people just go like hiking and biking and shit. I was gonna suggest this these fucking hot springs over here in uh... What hot springs? Jakumba hot springs right on the border uh, along old highway 80. Presumably this place is called Jakumba because there's a Jakumba airport. And they've got four churches here, just by the fact that it's like nothing. There's an old bathhouse. All right. So this thing, uh, being one of the more animalistic Deadlands creatures, stakes out a territory that it's that is favorable to it. Sticks to that. And if the best way to kill this thing is to get its protective moss to overgrow. Yeah, I mean, part of it, it has to be in like a relatively green area anyway, because if it just curls up in a ball with all that moss on it, it just looks like a fucking rock. I think it can, you know, illusion itself a little bit. That too. Yeah. It's just like, it can illusion itself, but also like, it just looks like a fucking rock if it's all curled up in a ball. So the best thing to do would be to get it into an environment that would be more conductive to getting the moss to overgrow. But how to do that? What would lure a soul-eating sloth out of its territory? Food? I don't think so. That seems too easy. I mean, also, it doesn't necessarily have to be soul-eating. It's probably not soul-eating. It's just soul ripping out. Because it's an effective way to kill someone. Yeah. Are there carnivorous sloths? I believe so. Not anymore, but there were... I think the... I mean, if if this thing was modeled after ancient sloths... I think the big ground sloths were omnivores. They were, you know... It tears your soul out, so you stop wiggling, and it can eat you at its own pace. It only eats rotten meat, so it tears your soul out and just lets your body rot. Sure, yeah. It was uh, doesn't have the greatest digestive system, so it lets the meat rot, so it's easier to digest. It works, but it doesn't help us lure it out unless you want to get a whole bunch of rotten, nasty meat and leave it in a natural park, a national park. Oh yeah, that's all I mean, thing. Why not? To lure it out with rotten meat. 
it eats some of the meat and it rolls around in the rest, and that's what that's what uh, the moss eats partly. It consists on sun and fertilizer. It doesn't really get fertilizer in uh, the Deadlands, so it has to eat sun. Sunlight. <laughs> so, to defeat it, they need just a metric fuck ton of meat. Spoiled meat. Lure it into the desert. Yeah. Sunlight, meat. Lure it into the desert. The moss gets more sunlight than, you know, throws off the balance a little bit, but it's also drying out. So once it gets uh, a blast of water, it starts to really go crazy. Yeah, a lot of light, a lot of water, a lot of food. So you gotta lure it out of its natural environment, or unnatural environment, I guess. The chosen environment. And that starts to tip the scales on the moss. And then you gotta push that scale up even, you gotta tip that scale even farther. The downside is that the sloth is going to be on edge because it's in an environment that it doesn't like. Yeah. But it's easier to tip the balance on the moss so you can kill it faster. Oh, hold on. I was just thinking, is there like a river somewhere around here? So I was going to say that like the thing is it can't fucking swim. So if you just dump it in a fucking river, it Sloths will actually swim great. Yeah, but this is a monster sloth. Really? Sloths can swim? That's so weird. Yeah, they swim awesome. There actually used to be aquatic species of sloths. Never mind. Fuck that, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much about sloths today. Sloths, I think they're neat. Eh, it all right. Anyway, um... Okay, so let's... Deadlands, ground sloth. Camouflages itself with illusion magic has a symbiotic moss that we'll call it iron moss that makes it really hard to like attack conventionally and will distract you with illusions while it snatches your soul the best way to kill it is to get that moss to overgrow and the moss will then consume its host and then well die because it has nothing left to uh, eat. And it favors, it will it, it establish a territory and stay in there unless lured out. And the territory it picks is always favorable to the conditions that the iron moss needs. At least semi-favorable. Because it can't be too favorable, right? Right, it's, it's a balance. Yeah. So you gotta get it out of its home turf put the balance out of whack, and then keep it occupied while you farther tip that balance. Because otherwise you're going to be in a long, proactive fight. Yeah. Which you can do, but isn't an ideal situation. The longer the fight goes on, the more opportunities you have to slip up and get your soul ripped out. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you have two weeks to prepare, you could probably set up a pretty good trap. Yeah. Let's see, what would be a good trap for a ground sloth? A pit. A hole. Just like fucking teen rocket ass pit. I mean, sloths can climb, though. They've got big ass claws. And they can dig. I mean, the ground sloths could. They built 
They dug burrows. Uh, really some species did. Um, so you'd be better pinning it with something. Like, you're not going to hurt it, but you can keep those claws from snatching you. Uh, I was actually going to say shipping container. Yeah, but you still need to, like, overload the moss. You can cut slats in the roof of the container. Yeah. Get some, like, grow lights in there. I wonder who on this team has access to grow lights. <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> Everybody, it turns out. So disguise a shipping container, stick a whole bunch of rotting meat in there. Or something, some kind of container. And then you fill it with water. Get some misters going. I mean, it's a pretty good plan, though, actually. Just, like, yeah. have, like, a shipping container with all this set up, and then... I don't know. You can rent cars to move shipping containers. It doesn't even have to be a shipping container. It just has to be fairly big. Lure the... Put, make, Get a U-Haul. And put it... <laughs> a U-Haul. <laughs> Fill it with rotten meat. I'm sure that won't violate their terms of service. Look, sometimes in the monster slang business, you have to rent a U-Haul that you have no intensive intention of giving back. <laughs> Anyway, it doesn't need to be anything. Just something large enough to contain it and that it won't be able to break out of easily. Rig it up with grow lights and misters. Keep it in there until the moss consumes it. Uh -huh. It basically kills itself. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty good plan. I do like this monster, though. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> we have to kill it. It's a big ground sloth that pretends to be you know, like it disguises itself as like a big boulder most of the time, and it uses illusions to lure in animals next to it. Like, hey, here's a sexy, sexy deer. Hey, come on, other deer. Come check out this sexy deer. And then it yanks their soul out, <laughs> waits for them to rot, and then eats that. And it has a symbiotic, symbiotic relationship with uh, iron moss, Deadlands iron moss, that makes it almost impervious to basically anything but the strongest Deadlands creatures. Yeah, you don't want to see the thing that hunts the Deadland Sloth. It's not very dangerous if you know it's there. It's just the danger is that you probably won't know it's there. This monster rules and I love it. All right, time to add three more episodes on at the end game as I make you guys hunt this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already know how to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Do we feel good and settled about the form of this creature and how to hunt it? Yes. Yeah. Cool. So you oh, convey all that information to the Border Cal team. That draws a picture. Yeah. The whole time they're nodding along and they look very interested. They keep looking like at each other. <laughs> this monster kind of sounds like you just made it up on the spot. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> And then at the end of it, Dietrich just cracks his knuckles a little bit. Well, that's a very good plan. I think we can handle it. Do you believe us, then? I mean, what's it going to hurt to rent a U-Haul and buy a bunch of meat? Um, uh, I don't know. Might waste some money, theoretically. 
Oh no, the Ravens might waste some money. God forbid the California Ravens spent money. Known frugal uh, monster hunting organization, the Ravens. It's definitely an, an expense we can afford. <sighs> yeah, just, um, you know, don't get your soul stolen, please. Not only would I feel bad, but also like we'd have to do this over again, I think. I don't even. Yeah. <laughs> can we even get a do over on these things? Yeah, no, I don't think we can do this a third time unless we want to like. Uh... I think worst case scenario, we have to come back and snatch you out of the line of fire. And we don't want to do that. I mean, we will if we have to, but we prefer to avoid the whole situation. Pl please don't rely on that fact. And, uh, I feel like it goes without saying, but you can't tell anybody that we were here. Especially not ourselves. Right. If, uh, all of this is real, time travel is real, we wouldn't want to mess up the timeline. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about us messing that up, at least, Miss Harrison. I feel like I've never been called that except by Steiner. Ah, hmm. uh, yeah. No, we would very much like it if uh, timeline stays intact. You guys don't die uh, or end up souls piloting golems made of your favorite things. I, I feel like there's something else I'm supposed to say here, but, you know, like, good luck. I don't think you'll need it. We appreciate the help, sister. Well, um... Did that cover this? Yeah. Best case scenario, you guys don't have to see us again. Well, you'll see us, but not us. us and... Time travel's weird. I'm getting real sick it of traveling is. through time. I don't know how she does it. Anyway, keep your souls uh, where they're supposed to be. It's a pain in the butt putting them back. I give Steiner a look. What? It is. Fair enough. Well, we've got other things to tend to, so we'll be off now. Fine. You just vanish out of the room. <sighs> How'd we do? Was that entertaining? Mm -hmm. It was. It's always a bit of pleasant lightness. Bit of fun for me and yourselves. Anyway, should we take care of my problem now? The the issue with the thing that I have with the uh, with the mask. Please use your words. I thought I was. It, um, what is this we? Okay, fair enough. But also, please help me. All right, since you said please. So my original plan was to basically steal the mask from myself, have Roxanne or you use 
the same word that uh that it'll use during the final fight send it off repair it and then return it in like a couple minutes later in the timeline and so i will never know that it disappeared yeah i mean that's how i was thinking we would do it yeah just like it just gets fixed and then uh and then it's returned look at any split sure what happens when your live timeline self discovers that his mask has become broken without explanation. I mean, if, uh, need to look up his name real quick. Additionally, you should be aware the spell Adel used essentially deconstructed your armor. Your order is going to have to remake it from scratch. I, t I told, I did tell him, well, I told him that it was only like a little loosened, so I guess Roxane doesn't have to go whole hog. Um, but if... Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't planning on breaking it the same way Adel did. I was planning on like making it put back together a whole. Yeah. Uh, if Quartermaster Guang Kong is as good as I think he is, my, my other self probably will never know that it's been broken. You are creating a very small window to make this happen. Look, you dug yourself into the quantum time tunnel. You dig yourself out of the quantum time tunnel. Okay, but like some help would be appreciated. Well, let's see. We know when the package arrives, roughly. Right. And I assume you don't like carry your mask on you all the time. No, no, I don't carry it on me all the time. Uh, especially not like days where I'm just planning on working like the the other job. So this is like a magic vessel or whatever. That's just going to like as soon as you put the mask in, it gets teleported away, right? Yeah, pretty much. So sometime when you're not home, don't have the mask, we go in. You and I, at least. You get the mask, I break it. We put it in the vessel, and then... I guess your idea is then that we go forward in time to when the mask is fixed. Return the one that you were using, get the, get the fixed one, and then take it back and put it back where... We found it so that it was as if it was never gone. Correct. Is that going to create any time fuckery? No. I believe... Yes. I can get, make that loop happen. Alright. I mean, depending on how long it takes, maybe Grant just loses his mask for a couple days and is like, oh man, where could I have put in my put my mask? I feel like such an idiot. No, no, if I had lost my mask, I would have gone into high alert mode. Like, it's... It's one thing to not just take it with me wherever I go, it's another thing completely to, uh, to just lose it. It was a plan B. 
I don't know. I spent all my mental uh, creative energy on the sloth monster. <laughs> Fair enough. It was a good sloth monster. We're all very proud of the sloth. Yes. Give me one second. I am just trying to... Okay, yeah. I just wanted to confirm if uh, if Grant sent off for the new mask, if Grant asked for the replacement mask around the day of the fight with Notcher, then Amalia is back by that point. Oh, that would be a great fucking uh, thing, I guess. Yeah. Oh, also, on the 29th, you guys are recovering from the ghost train, because the ghost train was the 28th. That's right. Ghost train! Ghost train! Come to see my soul. Grant's off getting a new arm put in. I mean, honestly, like, I was in Steiner's, uh... I was in Steiner's lab, and I don't imagine Steiner is so heartless as to not let Amalia come and, like... Make sure that the person that she loves is, you know, safe after surgery. That means the mask is in Steiner's lab. Uh, you all can figure out a day. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, we could we could at least go in and steal the fucking box. Yeah. Yeah, if Grant and Amalia are both in the lab, then the box is just going to pop into Grant's empty apartment. Yeah. Okay, okay, so... Apartment's empty. Grant and Roxanne pop in, get the box, so live timeline never sees it. Waits for another day when the mask is at home and no one's in. Pops in, gets that, slots it in, sends it off, jumps forward to the point of its repair, takes it, puts the loner back in the box so it can be sent off and then jumps back to the day that they took the mask. Like five minutes later. Yeah. Replaces it. Yes. (laughs) Now how do I make this complicated? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's a way to make this complicated. I think the only thing that I want is... This is entirely on Roxanne. Okay. Because I want to know what bit of true speech are you using to mess up the armor? And I, of course, need a roll to go with it. Sure. What, 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 what did Your Adel cringe. say? Your <laughs> 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 what, cringe. What did Adel say to break the armor? See, here's the funny thing. The reason why you don't remember is because... When they did that, they were in their true form and they were speaking ancient Fae at the time. Oh, right. Yeah. So even the people who could hear true speech couldn't understand it. Yeah, they didn't understand it. So, um, I'm probably just going to say, like, fall to pieces because that seems the least destructive. Yeah. Okay, you wanted to roll, though. Yeah. So now knowing the words you're going to use. Let me see the dice. I got a 10. 
You have ten. Nice. You have ten. <laughs> now, is ten a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> is it too strong? Does Guang Kong think that Grant undersold the problem? I, I mean, that's up to, that's up to Roxanne, <laughs> honestly. By Roxanne, I mean Chloe. Yeah, no, I'm mostly just trying for like, it's in pieces the same way that like an IKEA piece of furniture is in pieces. It just needs to be put back together. So none of the individual pieces have been broken, but all of the connectors are stripped. They need to be taken out and replaced. I get you. You, 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 okay. you need some new screws. Magically. All right, all right, all right. So, paradox resolved. Hooray! Grant is no longer in trouble. For this. For this. And I think that's a good place to call it for the evening. Yeah. We've only got one more thing that we need to do. It's just the ending left. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's first do end of session. Uh-huh. You have officially saved someone from certain death or worse. I mean, they were already dead, but yeah. Yeah. You have saved someone from a fate worse than death. Double dead. Omega dead. Right. Yes, you're correct. Superbound Betty dead. You have definitely advanced to the current mystery a very great deal. Mm-hmm. Have we learned anything new or important about the world of the hunters? Important about a cool sloth. No, I'm kidding. I was going to say that. We learned a lot about sloths, like in real life, real world. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying that this should count. But mind you, I'm just saying, in real life, we've learned a lot about sloths today. Thank you, Ape. Sloths are cool. Neat. They're neat animals. Oh, I think I might have something. Hmm. Notcher already kind of half knows about this whole project that Greta is on because they can see world lines when it's happening. They just have right. no idea what the fuck is going on. Right, yeah. I was just like, I don't know what's happening, but I trust the process. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening and I can't replicate it. So I have to do things the hard way. I have to put my faith in p- other people. Ah! All right, two experience, everybody. Hey, I love two experience. Hey, I leveled up. I'm taking a luck back. What a freak. And then next session, you will immediately return it. Probably, yeah. (laughs) It's just nothing stopping you from spending luck. So, speaking of next session, this session was a good one. It was. I had fun with it. We did the first half of getting Mesa on board with the plan which was fixing them and making them aware that the plan is a thing that exists. They aren't exactly well. 
right now. Yeah. They have time to get better, at least. Things will get better. We'll make them get better. Though, unfortunately, they don't have time to get better before they are needed. And now we talk about next session. Next session is probably the finish line here. All that really remains is you guys convincing Meza to get in on the plan and then going and talking to Adel and getting them on board. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be easy, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Super easy. Convince the uh, ancient war god who has been winding themselves up tighter and tighter and tighter for the past 5,100 years to do a genocide, to just let it all go and go home. Listen, listen, listen. I know you really want to kill all of humanity, but check it out. Cheesecake. (laughs) I know you really want to destroy humanity, but look what we can do with this, and Grant pulls out a yo-yo and does some dog tri- and does some, uh, tricks. Grant creates a tiny horse made of ice. <laughs> I'll make you another painting. This is a cheeseburger. Legit, Grant was going to do, uh, was going to want to do some street art and, like, bring that along with, like, wearing his mask that uh, that he was wearing before so that way like when we approach Adel like it's not hey here's the three here's three of the people that are coming to kill you is hey here's your three friends returning to you we get there like a month early and we just wheel in a CRT and start playing Bob Ross episodes (laughs) check out this guy he likes to paint happy little trees. Hmm. Those are happy little trees. I want you all to know that this entire time, since one of you said, I know you are looking to kill us all, but look at this thing. I've, I've been doing that thing where you kind of put your palms together, but you put your middle fingers out through the top and bottom and just kind of waggle them and it looks a little yes. bit weird. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes! Look right. We as a species figured out how to do this, doesn't it rule? Check this out. Detaches thumb. (laughs) Adel, Adel, listen. How can you destroy humanity when I've got your nose? (laughs) Sure. But uh you could you could kill community, but uh Wouldn't you look silly with this quarter behind your ear? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's the deal. I'm going to draw a card, and if you guess it right, if I guess it right, you give up on destroying humanity. Okay? Is this your card? No. Ah, jeez, I almost got it. Wait a minute. Oh, was this your card? Oh my good night everybody. Oh, there we go. Good night. <laughs> good night, folks at home. Thanks for listening. <laughs> to this last part especially. Thanks for putting up with our nonsense again. 
Thank you for listening to all of this. If you made it this far, I really appreciate it. Good night.